quick reminder, guys, that this is an older episode and it does not currently reflect the state of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. We're simply re-uploading it because after I moved to Anchor.fm, it disappeared and we want it cataloged. Thanks. To BG Mania, a video game music podcast found right here at Level Down Games. I'm Brian, joined as always by the self-proclaimed king of Long Island, Frank. Hey guys, the Heat Miser himself. <laughs> Before I wish I was a snow miser right now, though. Before we get into the excellent music we have lined up for your listening pleasure today, we want to let you know that the following is brought to you by Technisport Gaming Chairs. Are you in need of a new chair for your office, studio, or gaming space? Technisport is one of the leading manufacturers for gaming-related chairs. In fact, scholars have long debated the origins of the Pro Gamer series. The most common theory is that a mad scientist created the first prototype by crossing a racing car with a lazy boy. However, gamers claim to have known these creatures for thousands of years, and some streamers insist that they have always existed right here in cyberspace. Go to technisportusa.com and use the offer code LDG to save 10% when making a purchase. If you're interested in helping us out here at Level Down Games, all of our affiliate links can also be found in the YouTube description box and all of our videos, and in the descriptions for our podcasts on podcast services. We've got Technisport Gaming Chairs, Amazon, Origin PC, and Eraser. Thanks in advance for all of the support. Dude, it's hot outside. Fire! <laughs> yeah. Speaking of fire, if you uh, if you're not a an avid listener to the Maxwell podcast that posts every Monday, uh, I had a little bit of an accident last Wednesday on the Fourth of July, where lighting a grill backfired on me, causing an explosion and burning my arm, right hand, and face. So he looks like the, he looks like the Phantom of the Opera right now, guys. I do not. All they have to do. <laughs> all they have to do is go look at the Maxwell podcast on YouTube and see that you're lying. That was all done in post. He just digitally made himself digital, know, not look di- horrible. Digital makeup. Yep. Just took a screen cap of what my face looked like last week and put it on what it looks like this week kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's possible to do that, but I didn't. Uh, my, my nose is a bit burned. I do believe the tip of my nose is going to scar. I do believe my two finger, my, my thumb and my right index finger are going to scar on my right hand. Luckily, I think the arm is fine. It just burnt all the hair off, but that, that will be come back. Um, Thankfully, Brian, you couldn't get any up there, so... Well, some some might say that I could. Some might say that I could. 
Uh, can you imagine if I would have burnt all my hair off, dude? If I didn't have it pulled back, I would not have the hair right now. You know, as much as, much as I joke about, you know, <laughs> wanting you to cut your hair, that would be an absolute tragedy. It would have been, dude. I would have I would have cried. Like, if I would have actually burnt all my hair off of, of my head. I don't care about my arm hair. I don't give a crap I about I would have that. donated my sweet, sweet beard hair so you could just try to get some hair growing again. <laughs> no. No, I wouldn't want it. I, I wouldn't even, obviously, my, my facial hair got singed, so I shaved it off. It's since grown back. Um, my eyelashes and eyebrows got singed. I, I had to have Jessica trim those, but I didn't have to take them all off. Did the, did the fire department respond? No, no, it wasn't that bad. Because you, know, you know who used to work as a firefighter in Northern California back in the 80s? Who's that? Coolio. <laughs> nice. Fun, fun fact. Fun, fun fact. Coolio could have had him at my house on the 4th of July. Could have got him down in the studio and did a one-on-one -on -one interview for BG Mania, but it didn't happen. Next week. Next week. Next week. But uh, all this talk about fires for a reason, because we, funny enough, I, I I plan these episodes well into the future. Obviously, we have we have our episodes planned all the way through the rest of 2018. We've had them planned since the beginning of 2018, and I just had a feeling this would be a fun time to do this episode. And it just so happens, obviously, I got burnt. So fire. Yep, there we go. But it's also there's there's a heat wave going on in the United States right now. And obviously, we are feeling some of the effects here in the Northeast in Ohio. I know you are as well in New York. But over in California, I was kind of following the events of Anime Expo in L.A. this past week, uh, weekend, I should say. And it was like 115 in L.A., which is kind of unheard of for L.A. So that's more like Vegas weather right there. My sister was in uh, Arizona. She said it was a 118 down there. Yeah. Went back, to went back to Colorado and it was 64. Exactly. I'd rather yeah, 64 cool. is 64 <laughs> is way, way nicer than 118. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's that is uh, that is legit almost half the temperature. So that's crazy. Isn't that crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So kind of funny just how this episode fall fell on a, on a week where I had an accident with fire and where, you know, we're having one of the worst heat waves we've experienced in a while here in the United States. But uh, we're going to go ahead and take a listen to tracks that are inspired by heat and lava because these tracks that you're hearing today are played in games where there's heat levels, lava levels, you know, stages, whatever you want to call them, areas, doesn't matter. Any track you hear today, if you look this up in the game that it comes from, you will see some type of fire, some type of lava, some type of volcano, something like that. So that, that's where all these tracks came from. The opening track you heard was my first pick of the day from Donkey Kong Country 2. That was Hothead Bop, which funny enough, we didn't play that track during our look at the Donkey Kong Country Trilogy series um, several months back, which is kind of surprising because it's actually one of the better tracks in Donkey Kong Country 2. <laughs> um, it's almost like we saved it for this episode, which we do do sometimes. This was not planned. There is a track that's not going to be played today, The Fire Temple from Ocarina of Time. We are saving that for a specific episode in the future. So there, there are sometimes we do save tracks for future episodes and we don't play them in other episodes. So because, like I said, we don't ever play the same track more than once. But uh, Donkey Kong Country 2 was released on November 20th, 1995, and that was composed by the wonderful David Wise, who nice. we have talked about several times here on the podcast before. David Wise, fantastic. Obviously, one of the original rare composers. Love what he does over there. We will hear his counterpart, Grant Kirkhope, a little bit later in the episode. But um, yeah, dude, I, I really enjoy what those two guys did at Rare. And Donkey Kong Country 2, probably my favorite of the and I think we actually talked about that during that episode yeah. on BG Mania. I do believe DKC2 is my favorite of the original trilogy on the SNES. I don't know what about you. I'm, I'm, I, I like the first one to be honest. I, I've always been a Donkey Kong Country guy, just straight up. 
But okay. Splatoon 2 is a fun game. It, it's yeah, so yeah. hard to forget. It's, it's, it's so hard to rank. It's like r- ranking your, your breaths, you know, like, which fa- which, which your favorite breath? The, the, the one that keeps me alive. The left one. The left breath? Oh, I thought you said breasts. Oh, 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 oh for breasts? Yeah, the right one. <laughs> she's, she's more supple. <laughs> um, what I like about Hothead Bop, though, you can actually hear the bubbling and you can hear the fire in the track. And actually really cool because it took me right back to playing Donkey Kong Country 2 and actually playing this game, seeing this level for the first time, falling in love with it and then hearing that music. Like, I really like the way that, that David Wise was able to put the ambiance of the level into the music. It's really cool. I like it. You know what? It, it inspires me for my first track then. OK. I'm going to take you back to 1996. OK, good year. We're going to be going and listening to Lava River from Vector Man 2. Man 2, one of the last games to come out on Sega Genesis. Yeah, when you said 96, I wasn't expecting you to go to Sega Genesis games. Yeah. I was honestly thinking either N64 or um, PlayStation, so. Uh, it was actually, it was a good game. Didn't do too well because it was one of the last games to actually come out. Uh, but I just definitely remember this level is the, the, one of the first places you could pick up the power-up that Vector Man would transform into like a scorpion form. Okay. It was, it was, it was, it was a pretty cool morph. I really like this game a lot. So uh, are the composed. are the Vector Man games good? I've not played them. Okay, I've not played any of them, so they're they're, they're, they're pretty good games. They're just they're weird. I mean, they're I want I wouldn't say ahead of their time, but they were doing the 3D thing kind of deal. The, the whole 3D look, kind of like balls 3D, which is not a good game. <laughs> not, no, balls. Uh, 3D. Uh, but yeah, this was composed by John Holland, uh, who only ever really composed one other game of note. That was Vector Man One. <laughs> okay, so pretty much, pretty much, made stamped his name on the Vector Man franchise. I was looking up John Holland, the composer, and I found that he also shares the name with a actual composer who was born in '44, not the same guy. '44, as in '44 or 1944? 1944. Okay, okay. Thought maybe I thought maybe it was like a composer back from like ancient Greece or something like that. From the year '44 itself, yes. Mm-hmm. Herodicus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jonicus Holokinis. Yeah, uh, I distinctly remember just this level, like I said, 
a, fl a flowing fl uh, river of lava, which is kind of a staple of video games, especially in that era. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you looked at looked at a Nintendo. If you really want to see some so some real fiery infernos. Yeah, that's why I said last week uh, when we were talking about, you know, when we introduced this episode, you know, prepared to hear a lot of Nintendo. And there are still several. There's probably more Nintendo than anything else in this episode. N you know, Nintendo platforms, Nintendo games. But Nintendo IPs tend to have at least one area, sometimes two or three in every game where you're dealing with fire, lava, volcanoes. Like, just Nintendo really likes doing that variation with different landscapes or different environments. And I bring that up because I wonder, do you think it's because they're developed over there on the Pacific Rim where volcanoes are more of a looming threat? Potentially. I mean, it, I mean, it, it is a, possib kind of it's a possibility, yeah. But at the same time, you have to wonder because, I mean, I, I really don't know what the temperament is like the temperature is like over in Japan too much. But how often does it snow there? Because Nintendo games mostly have, like, you know, there's always a couple True. levels as well where it snows, too. So I feel like they just like doing, you know, then there's going to be, like, water levels and underground levels. They, they, they just like doing really these. Really nature, yeah. Yeah, they're just really. Elemental forces. Yeah, they like just go into these different environments and different places to give different structure to the game. So I think that's what's really cool, which is why I think that we see a lot of Nintendo levels deal with fire and lava. Um, but I'm going to go to something that isn't actually done by Nintendo. And it was originally found on a Nintendo platform, however, though, on the NES. So for my next pick, we're going to go to DuckTales Remastered. The track is Mount Vesuvius. was Mount Vesuvius from DuckTales Remastered. Obviously, we could have chosen the original DuckTales on the NES, uh, you know, different different track, different sounding thing, but I really like what was done here with the remastered version of Mount Vesuvius. Uh, this came out August 13th, 2013, and was composed by someone that I really admire in the industry, Jake Kaufman. Uh, J Jake Kaufman actually did the soundtrack for DuckTales Remastered and did a lot of soundtracks for a lot of indie titles uh, that, that we may hear from him again. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm sure of it. I, I'm actually sure of it that we'll hear from Jake Kaufman again in the future or not in the future, but today, actually. So, uh, yeah, no, um, this is honestly a great remastered game, too. I'm assuming you've played DuckTales Remastered. Absolutely. Because the first DuckTales was so freaking good. 
the remastered edition is also so freaking good, dude. I, I really have, like I it. PS3. Okay, yeah, yeah. I actually played this on PC, but um, very, very good game. Uh, was a great game in general on the NES. Very hard game on the NES. I actually thought this game was extremely challenging on the NES. But it's funny because a lot of people, when you talk about DuckTales on the NES, they always talk about the, the moon track, you know, the of one. The, but I think that Mount Vesuvius is, is right up there with with the track from the moon, just because it's just to me, it's almost just as good. And it's epic. And again, just like with Hothead Bop earlier from Donkey Kong Country 2 and David Wise, you can hear a little bit of the ambiance of the volcano, the Mount Vesuvius. Yes. You can hear a little bit of that ambiance that Jake Kaufman brought into the music there. And it's really cool. I like that they do that because not only is this is a very epic piece here, but at the same time, you know, when you hear this and you listen to the soundtrack, if someone that hasn't played DuckTales Remastered before, they hear this track, you can actually get a sense of, okay, wow, I can actually hear the fire. I can hear the lava. I can hear the bubbles. You know, you can get that sense. I really like that they're able to do that with some of these tracks here. Really, really cool. That really is. That's what good music should do. It should transform you and, like, kind of paint the picture for you. Exactly. 100%. Now, when we when you when you gave this idea to me, you're just like Frankie, you get some tracks. One instantly popped to my mind. This is the first track I picked without even thinking about it. Okay. And we're gonna revisit a composer that we've actually done before. Uh, this is going to be from Twisted Metal 2. The track is Amazonia. Amazonia from Twisted Metal 2, uh, also from 1996. Okay, yeah, that's true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the basic concept of Kevin Plates Twisted Metal, which, first of all, was wrong with you, but it's a demolition derby with weapons and missiles. And <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess you could call it a demolition derby. Obviously, I, I'm more of a traditional fan of Demolition Derby games like I really wish obviously Wreckfest is out now officially but I wish there would be a return to like the Demolition Derby style of games I really enjoyed those games in the past um, I never considered Twisted Metal Demolition Derby I considered it car combat okay that's another good way I'm trying to th yeah. think of how I could kind of narrow this down and explain to people uh, what was the WWE Twisted Metal version game called <sighs> I don't remember but it was horrible it was so bad <laughs> but the, the, the Amazonia uh, in Twisted Metal 2 uh, is the firewalk level 
um, and it's, it's where you face the one of the major sub bosses in the game, the boss if you play on the easy version, but uh, and a staple minion. Minions been a staple of the of the, uh, the series, but the whole level itself it's built on the Colombian ruins of the Firewalk, so it, there's lava and fire everywhere. And I remember this this is a blast to play, literally with missiles just blasting everyone. Right, no, Twisted, I think Twisted Metal 2 is my favorite of the Twisted Metal franchise. And Minion is such a pain in the ass. He's just a big, giant fire demon. Uh, yeah, you could have picked this for the boss episode we did, actually. I absolutely could have. Uh, yeah. he's, he's a fire demon who drives around in a tank. Um, <laughs> how, how much more uh, epic uh, of a boss do you need? Right. Uh, fun note, the WWE Twisted Metal game was called Crush Hour. <sighs> so bad. It released on PS2 and GameCube in 2003. <laughs> Uh, but this RVD, <laughs> RVD and the Rocker on the cover, dude. Let's do an episode on Crush Hour. It's got some great music. I bet this would be a good bonus episode. Maybe we'll do a whole radio. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll dedicate a whole radio hour to that. Um, Just a, the the episode that is completely skippable. This was composed by Chucky e. Meyer. Uh, we spoke about him before because we've done another song for Twisted Metal. Uh, yeah. He's also done the music from the Disney Infinity Games. Oh, okay. But uh, definitely getting mostly known for this. You know, these, these are a lot of iconic tracks. If you listen to Twisted Metal soundtracks in general. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And it's really cool. Obviously, um, it just it, you could tell, like, you know, again, if you haven't played Twisted Metal 2, you hear that track, you can get like this dark sense about it. Like, OK, this must be something like a lava level or a fire level or even to an extent like a I don't know you could probably get like a, a weird vibe from this track as well so I mean this this could probably be applied elsewhere too but um, having played Twisted Metal yeah I can clearly remember the stage I clearly remember everything about this so really really cool I like that it brings back a lot of memories with that too and I'm gonna give you a little little liner note here a little, little fun fact about the game oh first liner note of the day and we're gonna go the exact opposite of the theme of this episode this, this episode here is about fire and lava I'm gonna give you. A, I'm gonna give you a, coolest uh, down. Coolest down. I'm gonna give you a little, tra- a, a little fact about frosty treats. Coolest down. So, uh, sweet tooth in the game rides around in an ice cream truck that says frosty treats on it. Well, it does. Frosty treats is also a major ice cream company, and they filed a lawsuit against Sony, saying that they infringed upon their trademarks the use of, the, <laughs> uh, the use of the, that phrase. Uh, and they say that sweet tooth actually was similar to their actual own character, um, safety clown. Uh, the U.S. court of- is that. Is that... Well, go ahead. Keep going, actually. <laughs> the U.S. Court of Appeals and the Eighth Circuit ruled against the trademark claim, saying that it was too generic. For, and that, so there was no way that anyone's going to be confused between Sweet Tooth and Safety Clown. So there's no similarities? No. They're just clowns on an ice cream truck. But then where do the similarities of the name come from? Because it's a legit... Oh, it's Frosty Treats. Frosty Treats is exactly word for word, but it's... But, but Sony, did Sony take that, or was that a mistake? And they're saying that it's just too generic for them to be for that to be a trademark. That's like that's like you trademarking the word ice cream. I mean, everyone sells ice cream, so can can we trademark ice cream? We want to trademark a color like white or blue. This way, you make tons of money on everything. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, ice cream brought to you by Level Down Games. <laughs> the color white brought scream, to you by Level Down Games. Scream. We all scream for ice cream. Now pay me a nickel for saying that. <laughs> All right, man, let's go to a track that actually immediately jumped. Obviously, when you said, uh, you know, the first track that we played there that you did was from uh, Vector Man 2, the one that jumped into your head immediately. This one here 
jumped in. No, that was actually Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal was in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the one that immediately jumped into your mind. Uh, this one immediately jumped into my mind when we came up with this concept for the episode. So this is from Dark Cloud 2, a RPG series that I'm a huge fan of. The track Gondor Volcano Grotto. was Gundor Volcano Grotto from Dark Cloud 2, originally released on February 17th, 2003 on the PlayStation 2, composed by Tomohito Nishioru. And he is a composer in-house at Level 5, so he's responsible for all the Dark Cloud games, Rogue Galaxy, Professor Layton, anything that uh, that Level 5 works on except for Nino Kuni, because that's by Joe Hisashi, who we talked about before, the Studio Ghibli composer. Um, what's interesting about that track, though, Again, the one that immediately jumped to my mind when we talked about fire and lava levels is one that doesn't traditionally sound like a fire and lava stage. And what's interesting about that is it has a reason. So obviously that sounds very renaissance-y, very festive, very jaunty tune as you like to describe them. Um, Dark Cloud 2 celebrates fire in a way that other games do not. So they take the approach that fire is the creation of all life. And they they actually celebrate fire. So when you go to these areas, it's not like a dark, imposing place. It's not like, you know, this place that, you know, is epic or that you shouldn't be like it's actually celebrated in this area. So, you know, the the Gundor Volcano Grotto is is an area of celebration. And I like that, you know, the Dark Cloud franchise took that approach. It's not just that one. The first one did as well. But they they took that approach with fire because when you think about it, fire is actually really important for, for life because without it. Probably wouldn't be here, so it is true. Yeah, with the invention of fire, we'd be cooking our food, we would have died, you know. Yeah, some I mean, us, uh, without so, fire, some of us might lose our noses. <laughs> without fire, some of us may not have burnt our noses, <laughs> but I probably wouldn't be here. I probably wouldn't have lived for uh, 32 years without fire just because, uh, you know, I, I would eventually die from like food poisoning from eating just raw meat all the time, but uh, yeah, well, you never made stronger, and we would have been super Brian. Maybe, no. maybe there I could. Maybe I, maybe I could have been the one that invented fire. Our life expectancy would have been like twelve years old. So, oh, he's shorter than that, dude. We'd have, we'd have died way sooner than that. <laughs> but uh, no, really cool. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of Dark Cloud and Dark Cloud Two. I my fingers are always crossed every single year, every single conference for that announcement of Dark Cloud Three. I wish Sony would put the money behind it. I wish they would finally do Dark Cloud Three because it's time. It's been time. 2003 was Dark Cloud 2. It's been time for 15 years to do the next game in the Dark Cloud franchise, and it just hasn't happened yet. 
But uh, yeah, dude, I, I'm a really a big fan of this series, a big fan of that track. That might be my favorite track in Dark Cloud 2. Uh, I still like Dark Cloud 1 more than Dark Cloud 2 because you have more control over the town building aspects and that kind of stuff. And just Dark Cloud 1 actually holds a, a higher you know place in my heart. But Dark Cloud 2, what's interesting there is I, <laughs> 2000, February 17th, 2003, I actually played hooky from school that entire week after it came out. I spent, but I spent time playing Dark Cloud 2, dude. I spent I put some time in the Dark Cloud 2 that week. Uh, I, I played hooky, but I actually made myself sick to play hooky. Uh, I used to be able to have a way of making myself sick to where I would actually be sick. Munchausen to play video games. Brian, that is a disease all, all unto itself. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Well, let me take you back to a splendid year. Let me guess. 1996. <laughs> Look at you, Ryan. You're so smart. You didn't do this on purpose. You serious? No, on purpose. Okay. No, I just, it just happened that way. Life uh, finds a way. No, that's, dry. that's Jurassic Park, dude. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take it back to one of my favorite RPG games of all time. This is the Barrel Volcano from Super Mario role-playing game. Super Mario RPG. Was Barrel Volcano from Super Mario RPG, The Legend of the Seven Stars. Yeah, I had this actually when we when we composed our list together, you know, because we always do our lists um, individually and then we compare and then, you know, yes, we have overlaps. Sure I, I usually end up pulling there. Sometimes you pull more than I do, but uh, on more most weeks I pull more than you in case we do have crossovers just to let you keep what you picked. This is one of the one of three tracks we crossed over with on yeah. our lists. We crossed over with this one and two more you haven't played yet. So um, this was another one that jumped out to me immediately when we when this concept came, you know, was brought for us. I mean, yeah, such an iconic area in the game. So. And this game was developed by Square. Yeah. 
Not uh, Square, Square Soft. The reason this game got made as Super Mario RPG was because Square's RPG sold really well in Japan. They didn't sell well overseas. Right. So they're, they're trying to find a character who would kind of like, you know, everyone, like boys and girls, men of all ages, and anyone who would play. Team Generation X probably presents to you. <laughs> So, so Mario was chosen, and we built the game around Mario for that very reason. Um, great game, man. I mean, the, the basic premise of this game, if you haven't played it, first of all, again, what's wrong with you, uh, is the evil smithy stole the seven stars from the Star Road, where people's dreams become wish stars, and your dreams become reality, and all, all kinds of great, great things. He stole them, and now it's up to Mario and team to uh, save the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I haven't played this game in a very long time. A very long time, dude. I have 15 NES games that I've had forever, and that's one of the ones I have. In, like, it's, it's, it's how do you how do you have it? Because this wasn't on the NES. This was on the SNES. Uh, SNES, man. Shut up. <laughs> you big old dummy. Uh, this, it's this it's funny is. because it's actually on the SNES Classic, it and is. it's one of the only things on the SNES Classic that I haven't actually booted up on the SNES Classic yet. You, you should play this. I mean, it's completely I will. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I played it. Yeah, Yokosha Memoir, obviously. The, that was the most important piece of information here because she's amazing. <laughs> but um, I, I will go back and play this sometime in the near future just because, like I said, it's. I think the last time I played it was the early 2000s. So. All I ask, Nintendo, to hell with Waluigi. I could care less. I want Gino and Gino! I want Mario. I want Gino and Mallow in Smash Brothers. Yeah, me too, dude. I Well, specifically Gino. Mallow would be nice too, but I really, really, really want Gino in the game. Please. I kind of please, want please, Waluigi please. too, though, to be honest. I, so, I do, but everyone wants Waluigi. I, I want my personal wish. With, 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 don't want my wish to become when a wish star. When you wish upon a star. <laughs> this, this, this game was just great. I mean, uh, yeah. We, we all wanted a, uh, a sequel to this. Unfortunately, the sequel became Paper Mario, which is still a good game on Which is itself, still a good but... game, yeah. And I mean, there is a spiritual successor out there with the Mario and Luigi franchise, too. I mean, it kind of is. Kind of. What, what, I mean, that, that is your turn-based style game, just like Mario RPG was. So I just can't, dude, I'm really, really hopeful that Nintendo will give us a true Paper Mario on the Switch, a true Mario and Luigi on the Switch, a true freaking Animal Crossing on the Switch. Just give us, give us, please, 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 please. In the words of Captain Jean-Luc Picard, make it so. Please, 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 please. All right. We'll go ahead and move into my next pick then. Track number four for me. We're going to move to a game, that, a game franchise, actually, that I really adore just because it's so good. Uh, the game is Trine. And the track is Iron Forge.
that was Iron Forge from Trine, originally released on July 3rd, 2009, composed by Ari Pulkinen. Uh, I'm I'm probably mispronouncing his last name, but uh, we have talked about him before because he is the composer that we talked about when we did that track from Next Machina from Housemark. He has composed all the tracks for Housemark games, uh, but he is most well known for doing the score for Angry Birds. So Ari Polkinen is the composer for Trine. I have to blame him for that song that's been stuck in my head forever. Yes, yes, he's the one that actually composed the Angry Birds theme. Yep, yep. (laughs) But as I was telling you, who wasn't even familiar with these games before I I introduced this track, there's Trine 1, 2, and 3, Trilogy of Games. Beautiful games, dude. Side-scrolling platformer puzzle games. Absolute beautiful games. Uh, Co-op experience with some of them. Jessica and I actually played the second one together. Uh, it was a lot of fun. One one person controls one character, one person controls another, and uh, you know, you, you're working together to solve puzzles to get through the stages. It's really fun. I think you would really enjoy these games. Um, another track that goes hand in hand with what I just played there with Dark Cloud 2, another one that feels very renaissance very, you know, it doesn't have that traditional feel that we're going for here in the fire and lava stages, but that's why I picked these tracks specifically because I like how different that they are opposed to everything else that we're going to hear today, because there are a lot of tracks, obviously hothead bot Mount Vesuvius, what you just played from super Mario RPG, what I know we have coming in the, in the later on in the episode. Um, they all have that same feel to them. So I, I like that we have tracks here as well that have a different feel to them. And Ari Polkinen, I think really obviously captured the beautiful, aspect that Trine puts off with its graphical, you know, the, the graphical style they go for, the artistic palette that they go for, with the colors, and it's reflected in the soundtrack. Trine 1, 2, and 3 all have fantastic soundtracks. I highly recommend looking them up. Uh, I'll, I'll probably have to pick more from these games in the future, on future episodes. Alright, Brian, I'm going to take you back to the past here on this one. Oh my god, back 1996! To a, back to a very special year. 1996. Four tracks in a row? Are you kidding me, dude? 2017. Oh, that's not 96. No, it's not 96. Um, but probably one of my favorite games of 2017. This is Lava Reef Act 1 from Sonic Mania. Act One from Sonic Mania. Um, as me and Brian were talking about the hair, he goes, "Why this version?" Well, same as uh, with Ducktales, I found this version to be better than the original sure. from uh, Sonic Three. Uh, this one was actually composed by T. Lopez, who I've mentioned a few times. I've done a few of his Sonic Mania songs. Ice T himself. Already, Ice T himself. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm so glad this game got made. It was the, the Sonic game we were all hoping for, you know, with with such a 
terrible run of those 3D games that came out. Yeah, 100%. Generations and... Colors. Colors, uh, Zombie Strike, who knows? Boom! Boom. Stupid Sonic Boom. Boom. <laughs> Sonic Boom! Which should be great, you know? It's a, it's a great move, and Kyle's team goes at everything. Um, but yeah, dude, Sonic Mania. I'm so psyched for Sonic Mania 2. There's no Sonic oh, Mania it, 2. Sure it is. Sonic Mania 2 Hyper Plus is not coming out soon? <laughs> no. Well, Sonic Mania Plus is just a re a re enhanced version of the first Sonic Mania. No, no, no there's a new one coming out. No, hmm. you heard it here first. Sonic Mania Two, uh, coming out. No, unbeknownst to Brian. No, Sonic Mania Plus actually comes out next week. Uh, that that's the enhanced version that is adding a new act, like a, three new stages, and then um the two new characters. Sonic Mania Two has never been announced. I believe that Brian is lying to us, but don't you worry. Okay. <laughs> I keep my facts straight, dude. <laughs> so, in Sonic Mania 2, you'll be playing as Amy. Um, I got nothing for you. Yeah. Really? Just, just, yes, really. Sonic Mania Plus is next week, July 17th. Don't worry. Sonic Mania 2 will eventually come out. I do, I, I, do, I do think that will eventually happen, yes, but it just has not been announced yet. It's been announced in my mind, and my headcanon is what we're going to go with here. But I do love Lava Reef Zone, man. It's definitely infuriating. <laughs> yes, it is. But that's that's what you wanted of a good platformer, so No, no, great. Yeah, no, agreed. Um I'm actually picking up Sonic Media Plus next week. Um, that that's a game I'm buying for sure. That is a game I'm one hundred percent buying. Sonic Media One or Sonic Media Two? Sonic Media Plus. Plus two? No, plus one. One plus one uh -huh. equals one. One plus one technically equals two though, so There you go. I win. <laughs> Sometimes it can equal three though, if you really think about, you know, the the way mathematics works. We're not doing that right now. I haven't smoked enough of that crazy stuff for, for me to, uh, <laughs> to, to chant that. Are you not getting plus? You're not getting plus next week? I already have Sonic Mania. I'll get the free download for plus. But it's not, do you, in order to play as the new characters, I think you have to spend like five or ten bucks. Like, you don't have to buy the whole game, but I think you have I'll to spend, spend like... five or ten bucks. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you can at least unlock because these... Although although the special edition does come with a nice, cool, reversible case that makes it look like a classic game, so... Yeah, and it actually looks like a Genesis cover, which is why I'm buying that, dude. It looks so good. I actually already have it on order from Amazon, so that way I get the 20% off. Because <laughs> yeah. Amazon's stupid sometimes, and they don't let you do things, and they take stuff off, so... Uh, I wanted to be sure that I could get it. But all right, well, we're halfway down with the episode. We'll go ahead and move into my next pick to get us through the halfway point. We're going to go to a game that you're going to laugh about because this is the reason I wanted a PlayStation 3. For the longest time, I was an Xbox 360 gamer. Obviously, the PlayStation 3, when it originally came out in 2006, was quite expensive. So I didn't get a, a PS3 until 2010. I was very late to the party for the PS3. I was four years late. Plenty of games to play once I did pick up my PS3. But the game that I bought the PlayStation 3 for, because I could not wait to play this game, was 3D.GameHeroes. The track? Biscro Volcano.
that was Beast Grove Volcano from 3D.Game Heroes, originally released on the PS3 May 11th, 2010, and it was composed by Shinji Hasoi, who... I really enjoy his work here with this game, dude. 3D.Game Heroes was really, really good, and the soundtrack is great, too. Uh, like I said, funny that I actually bought this game, or bought a PlayStation 3 for... 3D Doc Game Heroes when there were game, you know franchises like Uncharted on there a ton of a ton of JRPGs um what? I'm very much like you I got mine about the same time as you in 2010 and, okay and this is the game this is one of the games I picked up when I bought it as well okay cool nice I didn't I didn't buy it for this game I bought it for God of War uh okay yeah I'm looking at my my PlayStation 3 games here on the shelf fill time I'm gonna grab them Okay, <laughs> just want to grab them, guys. Mine are buried in a little pile. Uh, but yeah, I picked mine up for three. Uh, that this game came out. I know I picked up uh, Katamari and got a war at the same time. Yeah, so work, I, I didn't own too many PlayStation 3 games, but when I bought my PS3, I actually used a tax refund check. Uh, I, I picked up a ton of games with it. So here I have, I'm showing you. I, obviously, the, listen, the, the listeners can't see this, but here's Heavy Rain. That's Heavy Rain. Uh, one of the uh, you know original game I picked up on PS3, uh, this Final Fantasy 13 that I also have on 360, Final Fantasy 13 2 I also have on 360, and Lightning Returns I also have on 360. So what's funny is this trilogy of Final Fantasy 13 I have on PS3 and 360. Um, God of War 3 I bought the same day that I bought everything else, the, the day I bought the PS3. <laughs> Gran Turismo 5 I also bought that the day that I bought everything. Actually, did I? I can't remember. I think I did. This is Jessica's game. Uh, uh, Hakuboki Stories of the Shinsengumi Jack and Daxter Collection that's also Jessica's but I great great games there are actually some really good uh, lava levels in all the Jack and Daxter games there I didn't are. get from them I didn't either which I actually but, uh, look at this I probably should have <laughs> but, all, but all three all three of those games had extensive lava levels so does Crash Bandicoot Naughty Dog Naughty Dog was kind of like that too like they tended to do yeah. that kind of stuff uh, another game I bought the day I bought my PS3 Metal Gear Solid 4 Guns of the Patriot Tales of Exilia which Jessica bought for me Zillia 2, Unreal Tournament, that's Jessica's game. And then White Knight Chronicles 2. Interestingly enough, not on this, not in this pile, 3D.game Heroes and Tales of Graces F. They're upstairs where the PS3 is hooked up. Because those games I still have next <laughs> to the PS3. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, White Knight Chronicles 2, another game that I actually picked up on the day that I bought my PS3. Uh, 3D.game Heroes and um, uh, Tales of Graces F are upstairs next to the PS3. So. Yeah, I, uh, I and that's the last time I've been late to a console. Like every every console that's came out since then, obviously I've bought on day one. Uh, I, I do enjoy picking up my consoles on the day they come out. So, uh, 3D Doc Game here is a fantastic game, though. I, I really highly recommend if you haven't checked that one out, you should probably do so because it basically is a link to the past Pretty with 3D much. blocks. Yeah, really, really cool. Uh, I was one of those games that, like I was following it for a while. Uh, I was like, just just do it, Frank. Just buy the damn PS3, and I did, and I'm, and I'm a better man for it. You are, you are. Until, until, until I found my love again of retro games and started spending my money on old games that I should have just never gotten rid of in the first place. Speaking of speaking of retro games that I never should have gotten rid of in the first place, I'm gonna take you all the way back to the year 2000. Okay, not 1996 again. Good. No. No, everything, everything, this is about the oldest game we're going to go forward uh, on right here. Uh, this comes from a level that is half fire level, half frozen level. It's a pretty cool dichotomy they played here, and you had to actually play both sides of it. Uh, this is from Banjo-Tooie, and this will be Hailfire Peaks, the lava side. 
was Hailfire Peaks from Banjo Tooie, uh, set two years after Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. Uh, great game. In fact, uh, we just talked about this as some of the hardest bosses in uh, Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this game starts off with Grinhilda's uh, sisters riding around in the Hag One, which is a big pain in the ass to fight. It sure is. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love this game, and just the the, the, the whole. You had to switch between uh, fighting the, the fire dragon and the ice dragon in this game on both sides of the map. It was so cool. Like, What's interesting, though, this is game number two of ones that we actually crossed over on when we put our lists together. Yeah, we have one more that we crossed over on. Um, we do. We absolutely do. Um, but no, obviously, Banjo-Kazooie, Banjo-Tooie, great freaking games. This is another one that I feel like is is the quintessential fire experience that you expect when you hear music in a game that actually has a fire or lava level. I mean, it really is. It's practically, it sets a standard, you know? Mm-hmm. It really does. And, man, I really wish Rare, Rare was still out there making good games like this. Well. Instead, instead of making games about pirates and nobody plays. Well, again, remember, this is something we talk about every time we talk about Rare, but you got to go look at Platonic, dude. It's not the same. Even though Ukulele didn't uh, didn't do nearly as well as like you know the old rare games, it's because some of the team is not the same. Uh, I, I do feel like the Platonic will actually get to that point here soon. Obviously, it took Rare a little bit of time to find their footing and and you know start making games and, and great games on the N sixty four. I do think Platonic will get there. But of course, I mean, as you go without saying, I'm going to say it anyway, composed by Grant Kirkhope. You know, it's... Sure, yeah, obviously that's that's to be expected. But Grant, dude, is so freaking good. And that's who I mentioned earlier in the episode, obviously, when I was talking about David Wise with Donkey Kong Country 2, I said you would hear his counterpart later in the episode with Grant Kirkhope because I knew you would pick this track since we had crossed over on it. So, um, but uh, yeah, dude, Grant Kirkhope's amazing. Obviously, we, we, we did a whole freaking thing on him when we did our bonus episode on Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, yes, which we did. ended up being such a damn good soundtrack that the, the, the day the game came out, I was playing the game. I was I, And I messaged you that day and we talked about this on the bonus episode like, dude, we need to record an episode of this game right now. Like, and we, we did it that night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the soundtrack is so freaking good. It's so good. How does one man have such all this great music in him? He just 
It's I awesome. want one tenth of a talent. I want one tenth of a talent. That's all I ask. I wish you had one tenth of a talent too. It might make our shows better. Well, that or we can get a better co-host instead of this burn victim that I see here. Oh, thank you, I, audio podcast. I, 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 I am the host here, son. <laughs> We've got three tracks left a piece. Let's go ahead and move to track number six for me from. I love it when I can actually play a track from the studio. So from ease seven, this is place of the reticent lava Seagram. was the place of the reticent lava Seagram from Ease 7 originally released on the PlayStation Portable August 17th 2010 and then eventually would come to PC worldwide via Steam on August 30th 2017 composed by the legendary Falcom JDK sound team most notably Hayoto Sonoda and Takahiro Unisuga uh, the two that we always talk about whenever we talk about you know Falcom JDK sound team there are other people on there but those are the two most prominent ones the two that always are, are featured so we definitely have to talk about them and mention them by name um, I love when I get the chance to play music from Falcom games because in my opinion I always talk about this every time we play this kind of this type of music from these games I really think that they have some of the best music in, in video games dude um, it's they, they know when to go rocking they know when to go melodic they know when to go slow they know when to just do simple piano melodies they just they, they, they know how to paint a picture and tell a story with the music and I think that's really cool 
you'll never hear me say a bad thing about a Falcom uh, soundtrack. It's hard to say bad things about Falcom games in general. Well, trust me, I'll try. Um, I, do, I, do, it's, I tried to implement the rule of no more Falcom songs for Brian. Dude, you're um, never gonna you're never gonna get that to fly, dude. Mainly because I want to steal them myself to pick them as my picks so, so I can seem cool. But I don't feel like that you you know they're there. That's the issue. I could find them, Brian. I could try. The, uh, you don't know. There's actually that I could have probably picked from any of the Ease games. I just chose E7 because I really like this track here. I like how you know how melodic it actually is, and then you get that kind of like a guitar solo there towards the end of the track. Really, really well done. And at the same time, you can kind of hear like you can't like hear the bubbling or the lava like you can in some of the uh, some of the tracks you've played before on this episode. But you can definitely hear like the whole aesthetic that you're probably in an area very similar to that in this track here so i really like what they did here e7 uh, a game i need to go back and finish because i've not finished e7 brian you go back and you finish it and you finish it now i'll put this episode on hold the game yeah. is the game has only been out since august 30th on uh, 2017 so last year on pc which is where i'm playing the game and uh i've just been so busy since then it's it's almost been a year but i just haven't had a chance to finish it yet but i will okay i'll give you one more week We'll talk about it on the next level. Okay, okay good luck. Um, <laughs> good luck. Now, for, for my next song, I picked from a game that me and Brian hold near and dear to our hearts. Do we? One of, one of our favorite fighting games of all time. Mortal Kombat? Be, between the two of us, we love this game so much. This is Hellfire from Soul Calibur 2. was hellfire from soul caliber 2 it's gotta be uh, it's gotta be inferno absolutely it's inferno's uh theme <laughs> uh i mean soul caliber 2 is so freaking great 
Uh, we got we got a bunch of new characters. We got Cassandra, Talum, Raphael, and Young Sung. Michelangelo, uh, Donatello, Leonardo. Actually, they're in Justice too. I know. Uh, <laughs> No, in this game, um, for the home consoles, depending on what console you got it on, you got a different uh, character. Mm-hmm. So, Heihachi uh, was on PlayStation 2, Spawn was on Xbox, and then for us GameCube players, me and Brian, we had Link. We had Link. Yep. Um, love this game, man. Love, love the death. Um, and the game's, uh, it takes love the death! Love the death! Dance with the dead! <laughs> try, try, try to bring these things together. There. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this game takes place in the year 1591. Okay. Four years after the original um, Soul Calibur. Yeah. Picks up right... You know, if you remember, if anyone who's played Soul Calibur, at the end, you destroy Nightmare and the Soul Edge, and it breaks apart and sends you all into a big world of Hellfire. And Brimstone. Uh, and that's, that's where the game picks up four years later, trying to recreate the Soul Edge to destroy the world. Uh, when it comes to composers, though, I get a whole shebang of We got... Two, three, four, we got six composers. Okay. We got Junichi Nakasuru, Yoshihito Yano, Asuka Sakai, Ryo Hamamoto, Ryuchi Takada, and Junichi Takagi. Um, so I don't know who, who did this, but uh, the Namco Sound Team. How about that? There we go. Yeah, someone, I mean, it's kind of hard to pinpoint for some of these games, like especially when there's that many who actually composed what, especially when there's no credits, because sometimes credits are really hard to find for individual tracks. But uh, not your traditional fire theme, you know. Uh, no, which, is, which I think is the first time, first track you've had. Obviously, I've had a couple now, but I think this is the first one you've had that isn't doesn't have that traditional fire lava feel to it. I like that. I like that you finally did that. Hearing the song, you know, this happens while you're on a floating piece of rock in the middle of lava and right. fighting a giant fire monster. But you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to ascertain that by just listening to it. You can definitely hear the epic battle going on. Mm-hmm. But this epic battle could have taken place by a waterfall in a meadow. You'd never would have known. Right. Yeah. Just so happens to take place surrounded by fire and lava and hellfire and brimstone and cane. So uh, other than Link, uh, anyone who you mained in that game just for... No, because I mainly just use Link. <laughs> okay. Which is why what's funny, I keep saying this, when Soul Calibur 6 comes out, I'm going to focus on Geralt, dude. Like, I, I go the non-traditional route. Like, I go the non-Soul Calibur characters usually. At least I try to. I, I don't was know. Pretty big on, I was pretty big with Raphael in this game. Um, my, my sister mained Valdo and wrecked me left and right. Mm-hmm. Um, that and I use Link a lot, too, so I'm going to go with you on that one. <laughs> Although I do kind of wish Soul Calibur 6 would add Linkle. I would main Linkle. I would make sure to throw Linkle off the stage every single time we played. I think it's a cheap way to, to, to win by ring out, but I don't care. Here's a fun little fact for you, though. Earlier in the episode, mm. from Trine, I played Iron Forge. Let's go ahead and take a look at another track from another game with a similar name. So, from World of Warcraft, this is the Iron Forge theme. <laughs>
was the theme to the City of Ironforge from World of Warcraft, the vanilla World of Warcraft, which released on November 23rd, 2004. Had a host of composers behind it, but the one that actually did that theme was Jason Hayes, one of the main composers alongside Russell Brower. But uh, Jason Hayes, one of the main composers of the entirety of the World of Warcraft franchise and, and Warcraft franchise in general. But uh, if you've never played World of Warcraft, you may recognize that track if you if you watch the uh, Make Love Not Warcraft episode of South Park. You heard that a lot in the South Park episode as well. Um, Cartman obviously played a dwarf in that game or in that in that episode. And the Iron Forge is a city of dwarves. So I always felt like that was my personal home as well, because my main character for the longest time, the one that I still have the most playtime on is my dwarf hunter. Um, and that obviously Ironforge was my home away from home for the longest time. And Ironforge is completely filled with lava. Um, you know, the dwarves in, in, in Warcraft lore, obviously, they're they're builders. They they like to smelt. They like to do things. And anytime there's dwarves areas, there's always like a blacksmith. There's always smelting going on. The entire bottom layer of Ironforge is just lava. <laughs> To the point where in the middle of this, in the middle of the city, you can, if you, if you can somehow get into the lava, you will die. But, uh, uh, the actual outskirts of it, where they have like the, you know, the shops, the the auction house, the, uh, the banks, all that kind of stuff, the important stuff. Um, there is a canal that runs through, like on one side, you have road on the other side, you have road. And in the middle is a drop. Well, there's lava down there, but there's a gate that catches you. And there are certain, there's like, you, if you run along that gate, you can go up back upstairs up to the top. So they did put it to where, um, you know, you can't fall into the lava in the main portion where most of the players hang out. But uh, yeah, dude, obviously this theme is one of the most important to me in World of Warcraft history, just because of, of the importance that it has with that city. But what's interesting, a lot of people also make this track synonymous with Stormwind, which is the, uh, the city of the humans, which is a track we have played in a previous episode of a radio R on BG Mania. We, I have played the theme to Stormwind City. Is it the same song? It's not the same song. Uh, Stormwind City is totally different, but when they redesigned Stormwind and added the Naval District to it, this track is played in the Naval District of Stormwind. So they play the Munchkin City theme in the Naval District. Well, the the Dwarven, the Munchkin, they, there are there are gnomes in the game too. So, oh okay. Um, but uh, no, they actually play this track in Stormwind from time to time as well. So while this is the original Ironforge theme, it is played in Stormwind as well. And you can hear this several times throughout the game in different areas, too. So while this while this is most synonymous with Ironforge for vanilla players like myself, you do hear this in other areas now, too. So uh, there are players, newer players that have came into the game since that might recognize this track from Stormwind or a different area. And they'll say, well, this isn't Ironforge, this is that. And they're technically not wrong, but on the official soundtrack, listed for the Ironforge theme. Like, if you actually have a copy of the official soundtrack that was released in 2004 alongside this game, this is this is actually the Ironforge theme. So, um... Just suck on that, newbies. Yeah, while, while you weren't able to get Portal 2 into this episode, I was able to get World of Warcraft. And I had a ton of choices. I could have... There were so many things I could have did for Warcraft in terms of fire and lava. I could have went Searing Gorge. I could have went Burning Steeps. Could have went Black Rock Mountain. Could have went um, Molten Core, one of the original raids. Could have went Hellfire Peninsula. Could have went... Uh, could have went to the um, Firelands raid, which was an entire raid built on fire. There was a freaking there's so many different fire areas in Warcraft that it's absolutely ridiculous, dude. There's at least one in every expansion, if not two or three. 
and I could have actually explored like the the burning side of like the burning the the burning there's legion whole, side of it a whole too. Burning crusade. Well, yeah, technically, but I could have explored the burning legion side of it, which deals with fell fire, which is, it, it is fire it is lava, but it's green and not red. So for my next track, <laughs> Mr. Mike Moraski. It's, it's a song about taking a heart and throwing it into an incinerator. This is still a lot. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Surprising you haven't played that track yet from Portal 2. You must be saving it for something special. I am saving it for something special. Okay. For a special Valentine's Day episode 2019. Um, we already did Valentine. We already did romantic stuff. I'm surprised you didn't pick that for romantic. 2019. Uh, well, we're, we're, not, we're, well, we're not doing that in 2019. Yes, we are. Nope. Okay. There's plenty of frank love to go around. No, who's that? There are plenty is plenty is right. I get to make the fat jokes about myself, okay? <laughs> fat King Cole. Uh, <laughs> no, that was on max level. For my penultimate song, uh-huh. uh, the third time we've actually crossed over uh, and picked the same track. Yeah. Let me have it. Yep. I, let you have, the, I let you have all three this time. How nice of a guy am I? Well, that's because I promised to not be so mean with all my burn victim jokes. That was before. Or after, you know, the world will never, never know. Uh, this, this is an underlying problem, also known as the Lost City, from Shovel Knight. Problem, the Lost City from Shovel Knight, the uh, indie hit of 2014. Yeah, and it's still going strong in 2018, still, dude. So getting a brand new prequel, the, uh, the King of Cards. Yeah, which looks good. We talked about that last week on the uh, podcast, Max Level. We did. 
Um, this was all composed by Jake Kaufman. We, we, we said earlier we're going to hear from him again. We definitely did. Yeah. Uh, this is the chiptune soundtrack. Uh, it was done in an NES style, but it was actually... I, I was kind of looking into it. It added uh, a few extra sounds that the NES wasn't able to do. So it's three, different, three di- additional audio channels. Mm-hmm. They also added four additional color channels to, uh, to the game. So... Uh, they exceeded NES's capabilities, but very slightly. Right. So they, they, they try to keep it as true as possible, but I love this game, man. Like, such a... It's great. It's, 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 it's fantastic. Nostalgic, it's, it's, it's under the nostalgic style, but, like, even if you've never picked up an NES before, you can still enjoy this game. Right. No, 100%. Yeah, no, it's fan-freaking-tastic. Like we talked about last week on the Max Level Podcast, I really feel like, uh, I really feel like this was the game that, you know helped Kickstarter really make its footing with the video game industry and you know so many people wanted to jump on board with that after this did so well and uh Um, by by the way who is this composed by this is composed by Jake Coffin and we uh, heard him earlier with DuckTales Remastered and not Vesuvius <laughs> and uh, much like DuckTales this game Shovel Knight there's a lot of the bouncing on the other uh, shovel just like a it does yes it, it absolutely does so pretty cool pretty cool there too um, I'm, uh, dude. I'm so glad that Shovel Knight's doing so well, uh, just because I we we talked about this when we talked about it last week on the show, Max Level. But um, if you don't subscribe to that, it's every Monday on YouTube and podcast services. It's our video game podcast. But um, they are contemplating Yacht Club Games taking Shovel Knight through the generations. Yes. So what, what's really cool is after they're done now with the NES stuff here with um, King of Cards coming out later this year. Uh, launching first on Nintendo Switch, they are going to potentially move on to the 16-bit era SNES Genesis style after this to where we'll have, a you know, like a, that style of Shovel Knight. And then eventually in the future, we might get to the 64-bit or we have it like on N64 style. And I really hope that they decide to do that because it's such a cool idea. And it would be like Shovel Knight going through the generations. And I think that's so freaking cool, dude. I think that's so awesome. I said it before, I'll say it again, I cannot wait for Shovel Knight 64. Yeah, that would definitely be my personal favorite too, especially if they went to the, the they would have to follow suit and go the style of Collectathon, because that's what everyone did in the 64-bit era. Yeah. So we'd have a Collectathon style uh, Shovel Knight game, and I think that'd be awesome. But uh, we're down to our final two tracks. I have one, Frank has one. So let's go ahead and take a look at my last pick for the Fire and Lava levels slash stages slash areas theme here on BG Mania this week from Pokemon Snap. This is the Fire Volcano.
And that was the Fire Volcano from Pokemon Snap, which originally released on the Nintendo 64 June 30th, 1999. Sorry, not 1996. June 30th, 1999. And it was composed by Akuko Mamori. And she does not have a ton of games to her name that she actually worked on. Uh, two of the big ones that I did pull out from her list, uh, Super Load Runner and R-Type 3 on the NES. But uh, the last game that she worked on before Pokemon Snap was, which again released in 1999, was in 1994 with a game that only released in Japan called Daiku no Gensen. So I don't know what that is or what that translates to. But that, yeah, so there was a gap of five years where she didn't do anything. She came back and did Pokemon Snap and she hasn't done anything since. So oh, she ended her career on a high note. Uh, yeah, because Pokemon, Pokemon Snap actually has a good soundtrack to it. I'm going to throw out some Pokemon Snap facts here. Why not? Okay, go for Everyone, it. Brian, why is it called Pokemon Snap? Because in this game, you're on rails, and you're basically in a little cart, and you're taking pictures of Pokemon. True and false, Brian. True and false. It was named Pokemon Snap because the main character's name is Todd Snap. Well, most people... Because, because, because you're taking a picture. Because you're taking a picture, Brian. I'm sure you're okay. This game featured... To the, to the common folk, it is, it is because you're taking pictures of Pokemon. This game featured 63 of the original 151 Pokemon. Yeah. 69 if you count signs, but I don't count the signs. But the real cool thing about this game was, and some of, my, some of our older fans may understand this, there's this place called Blockbuster that you should be able to go to where you can actually print copies of the of pictures you took at sticker stations. Is, wasn't that so cool, dude? It was so great. It and was. Really, it's inside of these, these stations, it was nothing really spectacular. It was... And then 64 mm-hmm. with two cartridges and a printer. Yep. And these are like highly sold after collector's items now. People have been trying to find these. Uh, I would love to have one myself. Yeah. Pay top dollar for it. Hear that? If you have one, reach out to us. Frank will pay you probably a million dollars for one. I will pay you whatever Level Down Games is willing to fork over for this thing. And our petty cash is it's high, baby. We're, we're, we're ballers. So $10. <laughs> so, so there's a petty cash phone, Brian. All right. Ten dollars. No, I lo- I love this game. I really yeah. do. Um, in fact, this game was the only game in the entire Pokemon series to accurately depict the evolution of Slowpoke. Really? In the game, in the game Slowpoke gets bit on the t- uh, on the tail by I want to say Cloyster, and then that be- that's how he becomes Slowbro. Mm-hmm. In this game, you would actually lure Slowpoke to the water with an apple so that they would bite on his tail so he could evolve. He took a picture of, 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 the, of the evolved form. So, wow. that hasn't been done in the game since. So, there you go. That's, 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 cool. that's pretty cool, actually. Um, I had told this to you off air, but uh, Pokemon Snap, besides Pokemon Coliseum, and, um, you know, I played a little bit of XD on GameCube, but besides Pokemon Coliseum, which is the one I put the most time into besides Pokemon Snap, the only two Pokemon games that I actually played before I started Pokemon Leaf Green earlier this, well, I started that about a month and a half ago. I haven't played it since the first day I started it, but because uh, I haven't had time. But I, again, I have plenty of time because I'm just trying to finish it before Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu come out later this year. But... Um, yeah, those are the only two Pokemon games that I had experience with, besides the card game, which every, you know, kid our age had around that time. 
but uh, and the cartoon, which I watched. But uh, those were the only two Pokemon games that I had experience with, with, funny enough, Pokemon Snap being the one that I played the most out of every Pokemon game. Um, that I had played again those two which is crazy because there's nothing like the actual Pokemon game you're playing no now. I know but I just thought it was so fun and I do think that uh, I do think that this should be brought back in some form whether it's with a new game whether it's with a remaster of the first game whether it's just with the, the first game being ported to the Switch I don't know this is just again it's a perfect Switch game because the Switch is mobile and you can literally move your Switch around like you're pointing a damn camera which you couldn't do on the N64 I mean, now we're looking at Pokemon with almost 900 different Pokemon available at your disposal. Yeah. We're, we're probably going to cross the thousand threshold when, when the next generation Pokemon comes out. Next gen, next uh, year. The one you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just do it. You're printing money. This could be either, this could either be a Switch title. Instead of printing I, pictures at Blockbuster, you're printing money. Exactly. <laughs> which, which is also be a cool thing if my printer can do. Um, it can. This is illegal. Well, well it can. Yeah, I'll go to um, like I said, a, a Switch game would be great. I'd be even content with this being a mobile release. Sure. Yeah, that will actually work, too, with the success of Pokemon Go recently. On Well, not recently, but with the success of Pokemon Go, um, I could see this easily being another, you know, a mobile hit just because you can use your actual phone camera to take pictures of Pokemon. I think that'd be cool. And you could actually even do the augmented reality type stuff where, again, I wouldn't like it as much, but you could go around and just take pictures like you could see Pokemon take pictures just like Pokemon Go, except you're taking freaking pictures of them. So they yeah. can easily capitalize on that and do it in the real world. Uh, I would prefer a traditional game, very much like the N64 version of Pokemon Snap, to where I'm on rails and taking pictures. I think that'd be fun. Uh, I don't think it would be a good $60 release in 2018, but I do think it no. would be a fun little downloadable title to do. Uh, I'd pay 20 bucks for it or something like that, 20, 30 bucks. But uh, I, I do think that this game has a place in, in modern in the modern era for gaming. I do. 100% agree with you, Brian. Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen too often. That happens all the time. You just don't like to admit it. Oh. False fake news. Um, so to close out the episode, mm-hmm. I'm going to go for a series that I've bought. This I must have bought this game about twelve different times because these sons of bitches <laughs> like to re-release the game in every other form. Super hyper ultra mega. But you buy it every time. What can I say? I'm a fan. This is the last game they ever, or just they a ever sucker. made. This is the last game they ever made. No, it's not. In, in, in my in, in the canon that is my heart. Nope. I'm telling you no. right now, there's one called, uh, there's a fifth edition out there that you actually own. And I hate. Uh, this is the Volcanic Rim Stage from Super Street Fighter 4. This was composed by Hideyuki Fukasawa. Mm-hmm. Um, this was the final version of Street Fighter 4 to come out. This was like the definitive edition. Sure. Uh, it's like it was, all the DLC a- characters and all that kind of stuff, right? A plus eight new characters, and then there was like a special arcade mode add-on that was given to you for free. Because thanks, you know why? Why not summon this game twelve times? Uh, yeah, because you'll buy it twelve times. How can I say? It? And you know what? They've been doing this forever. They Street have. Fighter Two, Super Street Fighter Two, Street Fighter Two Tournament Edition, Super Street Fighter Two Alpha, like you Street know, Fighter they, Two they Turbo. Exactly. So they know what they're doing. Okay, sure they're, they do. Making of, money. There are a bunch of snakes over there at Capcom. Making money releasing uh, the same damn game over and over and over again. But people buy it like you, and that's why they do it. What can I say? I love my fighters. Uh, this is probably my favorite Street Fighter game, to be honest. Really? Uh, over two? Over two. Okay. This one. This one's pretty well balanced. This is a fun game. Uh, everything that Five got wrong was when they, when they tried to deviate from this. Okay. Interesting. Uh, and the Volcanic Rim stage uh, was introduced in Super Street Fighter 4. 
perfect rocking tune, something you're definitely going to enjoy. Yeah, stick around. Make sure you listen to the whole thing. We're going to play the entire track going out. Uh, it is it is a really special tune there. It's really, really cool. Uh, so, so stick around. Listen to the closing out track. Uh, I, I think you'll enjoy it. Um, but dude, it's going to do it. We're done. This episode's well, after over. All, after all that fire, I think it's time to cool down, Brian. Yeah, unless you have anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here, we are done with today's episode. I think we said it all. Just remember, guys, uh, don't play with open flames. And be safe. Otherwise, you'll get burnt like I did. Um, <laughs> that's going to do it, though. But I do want to, before we get out of here, I do want to mention one thing. Tomorrow, our anniversary episode is going up on podcast services like iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. So, obviously, if you're listening to this, make sure you download tomorrow's episode. It is extended. It is long. Uh, it is t- twice the size of a radio hour. So, we're doing 24 we tracks. so much fun doing it. Yeah, we had a blast doing it. Um, you know, I-, I still think it might end up being our strongest episode yet. Let us know if you feel so as well. Uh, we have some heavy hitters in there. And, uh, yeah, it-, it's been- it was a lot of fun doing that. It's something we're going to do every single year going forward. Every July, we're going to have an anniversary episode episode where we just kind of do this just have some fun do an extended episode have some laughs tell some stories about past bg manias and just have a good old time dude it was a lot of fun doing it so i'm looking forward to doing it again next year but uh, again that is going to do it for us this week we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of bg mania remember to submit tracks ideas and requests for future episodes to bg mania at leveldowngames.com one thing i will say we are planning a entire fan submission episode later this year. You have plenty of time. We're not doing it till November, but you have plenty of time. We want to fill at least 12 tracks that episode, preferably more, but we want at least 12 tracks. So, you know, besides our radio, our episodes once a month, besides our themed episodes where we get to pick from some things that you guys submit here and there, but uh, we would love to do an entire fan submission episode this November because Frank had a great idea because November is the month of Thanksgiving. We are thankful for the listeners, for our community. So we want to do to give back to the community. We want to do an entire episode that's based around you. So you have plenty of time. Obviously, you have the entire month, the rest of the month of July, August, September and October. We will record this episode sometime in the middle of November. So try to get us your tracks by like November 1st. But uh, if you want to submit tracks for that episode, do so. But yeah, other than other than that thankful episode, radio hours, themed episodes, track ideas, requests, obviously, bgmania at leveldowngames.com. We do not get enough requests. I would like to get way more than we do. We at least have one every every month to fill for the radio hours, but uh, I would love to get more than that. I would love to have just, you know, this pool of stuff to pick from to where, you know, I had a hard time picking which listener track I wanted to do. So definitely send us emails more often, bgmania at leveldowngames.com. If you're interested in supporting us here at Level Down Games so we can continue to do what we love and bring quality content to you on a daily basis, remember that we have affiliate links in the descriptions for all of our podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as the description box on all of our YouTube videos. We've got Amazon, Technisport Gaming Chairs, Origin PC, and Razer. Supporting us through any or all of those affiliate links means the absolute world to us. Regardless of where you're enjoying this content, be sure to share your support by leaving us a review. And if you aren't already, subscribe on YouTube. Remember, leaving a review helps us in terms of search results so more people can find our show. Be sure to also follow us over at twitch.tv slash games for all the live streams and events. We can also be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook if you want to follow us across social media. Check that description box below for the appropriate links. Next week, we are going to return to our final fantasy episodes. We are doing a part seven. We're going to have... How many tracks are we going to do on this one? We're going to do 16 tracks. Okay? We're going to do 16 tracks for Final Fantasy Part 7. We're going to have... a 
three games highlighted, Final Fantasy 13, Final Fantasy 13 2, and Lightning Returns Final Fantasy 13. So basically Final Fantasy 13 3. We're doing the trilogy, okay. We're doing the Final Fantasy 13 trilogy. Two games will have five tracks, one game will have six tracks. So we're going to do 16 tracks next week. I don't know which game is going to have six, probably 13 2. I feel like it might have the strongest soundtrack, but again, I'm going to have to listen to all three of these soundtracks over the next week to find out, plus to pick the tracks. So I have about eight hours worth of Final Fantasy 13 music to listen to between now and then. <laughs> Taking us out of this episode once again, we have the Volcanic Rim stage from Super Street Fighter 4. Keep the music playing and keep it loud. 